I'm Aeson, and this is the Friday show that I really didn't think I was doing 24 hours ago. But here we are. Um, I'm delighted to be joined, firstly, by Lloyd. Lloyd. Morning, Lloyd. Morning, mate. How are we? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm Excellent. looking forward to the cup final. I, I don't know if... Is that on? Oh, that's on this week. Yeah, yeah. Is There's what? football on this weekend. They're at City, you're playing a game of football. Don't worry. Don't worry. Oh, we'll okay. get to that. All oh, right. I, I didn't realise. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. that. Excellent. Excellent. Mr. Hockin, how are we this morning? <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> Prepped. What a week. Wembley. What a week. What a week. What a week. Back-to-back champions. Oh, you're not talking about us being back-to-back champions. You're talking about something completely different when you say what a week. I don't know. Um, Just, you know, all in all everything. <laughs> it's been it's been a quiet week. I don't know what you know. Yeah, about. No, not, not much has happened, really, to be honest. So we'll have to string this... this uh, Podcast. I don't know how we're going to fill an hour. hour, Yeah, exactly. I don't know how we're going to fill an hour. There's nothing to talk about. Um, Okay, so I think that the best place to begin uh, is to put all the jokes to one side and have a quick conversation about something that we're going to have to address, and that is just the wild week in the press on social media. You know, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever lost as much heart. Uh, as I was saying to you off air, basically it's the first time since City and and social media, Twitter came together for me that I really considered just jacking it all in and just going back to being a simpler kind of City fan because just kind of felt, I felt this week really like um, we've, uh, there's, you know, it's one of those things where you can, I, everybody will feel their own sense of injustice. The injustice that I felt in the last kind of 48 hours, 72 hours with regard to city is really profound because it's not really about all of the noise from the outside, whether city, you know, broke financial fair play rules, whether shape Mansour and his brother actually are, part of what's going on in Yemen and how involved they are in Yemen and in that war. All of that stuff is not what bothers me or people talking about it. That's not what bothers me. What bothers me is that the players and the manager and the people at Manchester City Football Club who deal with that thing, which is the football part of this whole thing that we do, how their achievements have so quickly been um i don't want to say overshadowed i want to say undermined how quickly their achievements have been undermined and it has felt this week like effectively if we hadn't have won the league last weekend none of those things would have happened that 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 those that the stories the reaction is a reaction to city winning and had we not one those pieces wouldn't have been written which kind of shows how disingenuous it is and from my point of view anyway how um how unfair i felt it to be anyway sorry that probably shouldn't have started with a monologue like that but yeah that's where that's kind of where my where my head is at now i know that uh miguel delaney has just released a piece about how the treble is is not um, an, uh, important or it's not historic because 
of the spending that the owners have made. He's drawn those lines again to the war in Yemen. Um, he's used as many loaded phrases associated with the war in the Middle East as he possibly can um, in an FA Cup final preview. So uh, who wants to go first, Lloyd or Howard? In fact, I'm going to start with Howard. Howard, w- w- where? Talking about that all the week or everything. Well, just, Have you we know got- what? Th- throw it all in the same pot and start where you want and end where you want. I, I don't know. My head's just, I think like most City fans, my head's just frazzled right now. Uh, no other way of putting it. I've written elsewhere, or, you know, I wrote yesterday my thoughts, that this is, I'll start with 2000, it's 2019. Uh, Media is very different to what it was 10, 15 years ago. Don't worry as a City fan how that title was covered. You don't need a glossy pullout in the Guardian. I mean, some like it, a memento. But we've seen every minute of City. We know what's happened. We've lived through it all. We've seen the action. We've read everything. In this day and age where there's writers that can, you know, anyone can put their thoughts online, where we can all talk to each other, there's simply no need to seek validation from the chief football writer of The Independent or the Northwest correspondent for The Guardian. I'm not trying to belittle them by saying that. This is just modern journalism. They don't have the role they used to have. We don't need them to say wonderful things about us on Monday. Because everything you said, Asan, was right. But I accept, I know how journalism works. I know that articles are timed. I know that they'll talk about stuff just after we've won a game. And I kind of accepted that that's that's how the the world works years ago. And as a fan base after this week, I think we just have to, and I include myself in this more than anything, not get sucked into this in future would be my point. Rather than just going on a long, long attack on what's happened this week, just don't get sucked into it anymore because this is mm. how they exist. This is they abs- This is their oxygen for us to get sucked into this, to get hits. That's all their job depends on. We go delaying it has in the past... I Well, generally, if you don't talk to him on Twitter, has been is an excellent writer and he does not write with bias against Manchester City. What he has done, blinkers off, this week is let his personal prejudices and spats because he thinks he's he literally thinks he's the moral guardian of Twitter there to put ev- football tribalism and football fans right every day and he must have spent 10 hours on Twitter yesterday. I mean I literally dipped in and there he was on my timeline again so I left again and then there he was again when I went back in uh, he seems bizarrely unaware of how football tribalism works not that I'm saying he should accept that and we should all say it's fine and we, we should always defend our club. But he's this is a, an FA Cup preview that he has just put out. That should be about the FA Cup final tomorrow. That's what an FA Cup preview is. It was utterly unprofessional. Even if every word in it is correct, utterly unprofessional of him to put that out today and let his spats on Twitter dictate how that article went feels like a shot at everybody who we argued with right it doesn't yeah. feel like it, it it feels like an an opportunity for somebody with a massive platform to settle petty scores and it, petty squabbles it is hey, again Lloyd. it is again sorry how it's again 
a journalist telling us City fans how we should behave and what our moral code should be. Uh, and where do you start with that? I've written about it in the past. If you're really bothered, go and read it. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's nuanced. It's not black and white. And to put it into an FA Cup preview was pathetic. The problem with the media is a song on the plane, it's done in dressing rooms all around the country every week. Probably shouldn't have done it. Probably be... This is a small problem. It was like it was wrong, but it's nothing major. But it's blown up, as you said, because we won the league. And because 15 articles have been written about it, because when it demanded half an article, that's how big an issue this song was, being sung by unknown people on a plane. Uh, you know, different bits and the songs. Many of the players won't even know what it's about, you know, especially non-English speakers. And that is just... Well, it is, but we've all been dragged into it this week. I said about that plane song, two days after the Manchester Terrace, that was Europa League final, and Lingard sang a song about City afterwards. Now, I thought it was wholly inappropriate after, at the time because of what the City was going through, and it had never been more united. But then I actually thought, thought about logically and understand that this happens, that's what how football has let off steam because they live in a bubble their whole life and this happens all the time. And 20 minutes later, I was over it. It did not need forensically examined for five days. So I'm not going to be, I'm not being a hypocrite about that playing song. It just wasn't that big a deal. And Rory mm. Smith then mentioned, he actually said his state's not that big a deal, but you know, an apology and moved on would have been appropriate. And that just sums it up. It's just, Cult FC and so many people in society now needing an apology when they're outraged. When they've decided they are outraged, they need an apology. Why would City apologising change anything that's happened? They just need to hear the apology and to be told that their outrage was justified. They have a right to be. They have a right to be just to outrage. City have a right to not give a two sh- give a shit whether they are or not and not apologise. They should only apologise if they think they've done something wrong. It's, if they Absolutely. think it's not a big issue, they move on, get over it. We have to... St- I think the season, the watershed has come and it started with Ryan Sterling and how they always, the U-turns they did when they decided that Ryan Sterling was a good thing, not a bad thing. <laughs> I think it's come to the point, the watershed for me is, I don't care what a man who's, who writes some words down in a newspaper on a website says. We don't need validation from journalists don't reply to them. I know it's difficult, and I'll I will reply. I'll be a, a victim of doing that and getting sucked in because that's what Twitter does. Just don't talk to these people anymore. They don't serve us. Something I think it's really important that we all begin to accept and understand is that they don't serve us. We are not their target audience. We will never bring in or generate enough hits or clicks as a supporter base for it to be worth their while to invest in writing about City in a positive fashion. Conversely, it is absolutely, they, I mean, I have seen everybody from Miggles Delaney to Rory Smith to, I think I even seen seen Dan Taylor say it once as well. Like all these guys have said very openly, look, you know, City stories don't actually get that many hits unless they're negative. So the, the, the kind of the business model is there in front of you. 
the reason beyond the lazy racism and everything else that goes along with our ownership one of the major reasons why we get written about the way that we get written about is because they get loads of clicks from scousers and rags and that's what they want ultimately and i think that where i in the past have extended the benefit of the doubt to writers whose writing i used to read um i won't do that anymore because i am not interested in anybody who has so little integrity in what they do that they call themselves a journalist, but they operate only from a position of bias and only from a position of profit and hits and clicks. Um, yeah, can I say one final sentence then? Go for it. Don't your summer as a City fan, if we win Cup final, or even if we don't after that league, what you think of your team and what they achieved and what you think about them for the rest of your life and how you spend your summer is not dependent on whether Tony Evans of the Evening Standard thinks mm-hmm. there should be an asterisk next to your achievements. In the same way that if he said it was the greatest achievement ever, doesn't matter which side of the fence one person in London who went to journalism school thinks about your football team. That is yeah. how we have to approach journalism. And there's tons of brilliant journalism out there. I'm not, I am not putting the whole, every football journalist into this same bracket. I will continue to read the ones I like and the ones who do excellent work and do it without bias. And us as bloggers, podcasters, whatever, we've had a go at our club time after time after time. If I can imagine journalists sitting together tonight going, those City fans, <laughs> what a load of paranoid human rights denying idiots they are. Doesn't matter. That used to bother me that they would think that. Don't worry about it. Do not mm. worry about it. Follow the people on Twitter that you want to follow. Block the ones you don't want to see their opinions of. That's how it was always supposed to work. Lloyd, um, we've spoken. We've Christ. 40 minutes. We've not, <laughs> even, we've not even given you a chance, lad. Um, do you want to maybe bring a different side to this or are you completely on the same page as me and Howard no I mean I am I am I, I, I think well a few things from me the main thing the thing that's really pissed me off above everything else and that's really irked me is that this week I've seen on Twitter from journalists and other people who work in football telling City fans how to behave actively Telling yeah. us, basically telling us off like like adults to children and telling us how we're behaving is wrong and that we're human rights um, violating sympathisers and all this kind of stuff and we shouldn't have reacted like that. We should be apologising. We should be deferential. That, above anything else, being told how to how I should act as a Man City fan or how as a support, support, supporter base we should react to things that have happened, I think that's just absolutely... It's just mind-boggling. I've never seen it before. Never mm. seen it before. I don't think there's precedent for it. Happy to happy for someone to um, send me a message or or tweet the podcast or whatever if they think that it has. But I honestly rack my brains this week in the evenings when I've been after work, just kind of scrolling through Twitter as you do. I just, I've just been taken aback by the whole of it, to be honest. I want to I want to raise something else, Lloyd. That I want I want you to try and answer for me. Uh, I've seen 
and I'm not picking on Jack Pitbrook. Jack's been on this podcast and he's been really supportive of us. So this is not me slagging Jack off, but I believe that this feeds into the problem. So he's tweeted Miguel's piece and he said it raises an important question. What has happened to some Manchester City fans? Look, ultimately, you cannot have a conversation about a supporter base based on a small minority on Twitter who interacts with Miguel fucking Delaney. It's very simple, right? We as a supporter base are as wide and varied as any other supporter base. So any conversation about what we are, what we think about Abu Dhabi or human rights, what we think about the UEFA investigation, one should not be judged off a half a dozen lads on Twitter. And actually, the issues themselves are so complex that if you want to really have that conversation to write about it, you cannot have that conversation on Twitter in 240 characters or whatever it is. It To me, it basically feels like this. What the media are doing and what Jack is reinforcing in that tweet is they're going, huh, look at these city fans. They're so they're so stupid. They don't care about human rights. They're so hypocritical. They're so they're so out of touch. And it's like, which city fans are you talking about? Like nobody's asked me nobody's asked me what I think about the war in Yemen, right? Nobody's asked me that. So you you don't know what I think. You don't know what I think about the UAE's involvement. What I'm saying to you is that that conversation is a conversation, is a very wide conversation that has to happen within a context outside of football because it's a complicated political conversation. How am I meant to have that conversation within the context of a football club? It's physically, it's intellectually impossible and it's intellectually disingenuous to expect us as supporters to, to try and have that conversation within the context of our club. So, Lloyd, what I want to know is like, do you think that social media is reflecting properly what we are and it's okay for Jack to say what has happened to some City fans? It's okay for Miguel to use the people that he interacts with as the barometer for what we think? Or do you think that's feeding into the problem, as I've just said? I think I, th- I think the big problem for me is that, or well, one of the big problems is that the way, unfortunately, I completely agree with Howard in that I would urge people to refrain from engaging in these Twitter battles that are often going on late into the night, kind of midnight, 1am 1, 1 UK time, just living in the comments, um, arguing with people like Miguel or um, Rory this this week, or I think John Bruin at The Guardian, I've seen him marving off at a lot of City fans. Because ultimately, that, create, that, that basically feeds this piece that I think Miguel has done, because... Obviously, he's not referenced any individuals in particular or called anyone out, but implicitly, they are 100% referenced in that piece. I think he actually refers to some City fans uh, in terms of how, how we've reacted. And it's just it's just scandalous. You wouldn't... I mean, we literally... we've It's, it's the week we've won the double. We're on for the treble. Um, I don't think football's been spoken about. and But it's not, it's not just... It's not just in, in, in this particular vacuum and the individuals we've spoken about. I, for instance, I subscribe to The Times and The Times send you a 
um, an email every every morning um, with everything that's covered in the in the football section of of their website. So I clicked it this morning, and there is not a single mention of Man City being in the FA Cup final. There's an article about Elton John. Um, the only mention of City is towards the very bottom of the email where it says City could, um, City could be banned for one year as recommended by UEFA official, now been forwarded to the five-panel board. And I was just reading that just like, I, can't, I cannot believe there's not a mention of City being on for an unprecedented domestic treble, yet all we're speaking about and all, all the narrative and... For instance, I think I think Miguel's piece is almost a perfect encapsulation of this week on Twitter mm. uh, in terms of what's been discussed. It's just, yeah, I agree with Howard. It's letting personal uh, battles and personal prejudices basically overcome you and 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 involve that in the in your professional, which for him is his writing. And yeah, I've just been just been staggered by it, really. Um, but don't don't you think, Lloyd? Don't, don't, just to kind of reinforce my point, don't you think that? It's unfair to say, basically, to judge an entire supporter base based off a half a dozen blokes that you've been arguing with for two days on Twitter. You see the point that of I'm course, making? Of course, it's, it's, it's absolutely a- absurd. It, but it's it's like anything, you know, the uh, the minority in life in most things are often the most... Uh, most vociferous and the loudest, and you know, people are. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really criticizing these people for, for arguing with Miguel. I'd rather they didn't because I think it would, you know, it would, it would not feed this this rhetoric that we are as a supporter base X, Y, or Z. But yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous to characterize. I mean, there are plenty of intelligent Man City fans, as there are intelligent fans of all of the fan bases, and we can have conversations about you know, the Abu Dhabi's political involvement, the, you know, the Yemen, we can talk about UEFA or whatever. Um, but I think the way that it's been constructed and it's been couched this week has just been, just been a bit mind-boggling, to be honest. Uh, it's why I've think- stepped back on, yeah, Liverpool, for example, would joke about being called FC or whatever. But, I, you know, I'm at a party of the week and speaking to a Liverpool fan, and it is, of course, a completely normal, decent, reasoned uh, uh, discussion we have about football. Because... We're facing each other and it's real life. And it's not people getting wound up on Twitter. And I personally get wound up by the smallest thing on Twitter that in real life <laughs> would wash out or it just wouldn't mm. happen in real life. And yeah, mm. just to to take anything off Twitter as being, you know, symptomatic of wider life is utterly ridiculous. But, and also, in the week that we're going for a treble and having just won the league, having won 14 league games, what sort of moronic <laughs> level of intelligence do you have to think this is the week where City fans should be justifying their owners? You can have the that's... discussion, you can have it. If you think it's yeah, this I'm, week, I'm you're a moron. I'm a conversation about the human rights stuff, but I think, Aeson said this off air, it's a, all that kind of thing, it's a, it's a story for the front pages, right? So, obviously, if it's going to be on the front page or it's on the headline news or whatever, it's, they are going to, our owners will be couched and described as the Manchester City owners. Of course, it's the context. It's the, it's the way you have to build it in so people know who they are. But it's a, it's a separate issue. You can, have, you can have that context within, you don't have to touch, just talk about Sheikh Mansour as an individual. You can say, you know, City's owner. But to throw it in as like a barb into articles about 
what we as a, a supporter base are or what the team have done this year and how it denigrates and how it's like a disappointing double or, a, you know, I, all the things we've seen it described as this week. I just think it's, it's just ridiculous. It's conflating. It's like, you know, the headline is why a diminished treble leaves Man City fans with greater questions. Well, actually, I don't, the, the only question, the only question I've got is who wrote that headline and which City fans did he speak to? Because who decided the treble was diminished and how was it diminished? So you're, it's, are we meant to think less of our club and our achievements because of who our owners are? In which case, just come out and say it. Just say very simply, it doesn't matter what you win whilst Abu Dhabi own you, it's caveat city. Cool. Then we know where we stand. Um, but to try and make it so like, this is the thing. It goes back to this front page, back page thing of like, look, it's like throwing, it's like throwing the offside rule into a conversation about, I don't know, Brexit on the front pages where it's just, you're just like, you're, you're conflating completely, completely separate issues. The issue of financial fair play is completely disconnected from the issue of the the war in Yemen, which is completely disconnected from Manchester City winning the Premier League. Trying to put those three things together and talk about them together. If you're a man who considers himself to be an intellectual, I hope that very quickly you would come to realise that that's not a sensible way to approach such complex issues where you may have wrongs and rights and you may feel that you might feel that Abu Dhabi's involvement in the war in Yemen is utterly disgusting. But then the wider conversation is that the war in Yemen is being driven by US and UK arms through Saudi Arabia in conjunction with the Emirati states. So where are we drawing this line of, of disgust? Are we drawing the line of disgust only at Abu Dhabi? which is what it kind of feels like it is when it's put into a football context, but you take it out of the football context and into the context within which it belongs, and it becomes a much more complicated conversation. And just to my final point on this is that, and I'd like to know what you both think, I genuinely believe that there is an element of, I'm not going to use the word trolling, but there's an element of... uh they need reactions. A piece yeah. without a reaction is an unsuccessful piece. I think that it was always going to be the case that if we won the title, we weren't we wouldn't be written about in the way that it would have been had Liverpool won the title. But Howard, I'll start with you. Do you feel this week that in general the media in the thing, not, I'm not talking about journalists speaking on Twitter. I'm talking about the things that have been written in the football pages. Do you think that they've gone out of their way to get a reaction out of city supporters as opposed to simply reporting news or the truth? I don't think, I think things have happened. It depends which part of the media things have happened that it's fallen into the lap, I would say. <laughs> so in a way, no, no different to before. They're always going to, sorry, they're always going to report the financial fair play stuff. Uh, they don't do the investigate. Yeah, they don't do the stuff themselves. They just copy and paste off stuff because, as you say, they get some hits. Well, papers do it all the time. Someone else reports or something. They just swipe it. They'll get some hits. Don't think they even care about which side they're on. 
Uh, they just want some visitors to their website. That's why all the papers have got the begging bowls out. That's why the Telegraph is is taking money off the Chinese state, you know, for wraparound adverts on its front page. They're not worried about morals themselves, but uh, nor are these journalists worried about where their wages come from or their owners do. It's the same thing. They're not responsible for it, but we are, as City fans, are responsible for our owners. So only works one way. Uh, it's for... Bolton staff have had to use food banks this week because they've not been paid. Is that a bigger or smaller story than some city staff and players singing "Ale Ale" on a plane? You can make. Spot I, think, on, I don't. We all know the answer to that one. We all know which one got ninety-seven percent of the coverage. This is a lot. It's led a lot, obviously, by one club because one club's media has literally spent the week trying to come to terms with the fact that their their best performing side ever came second in a two-horse race. And that's where it's come from. So it's not just national media, it's Merseyside-based media as well, churning out stuff to appease the readership who are obviously going to lap this sort of stuff up because I imagine a fair minority of them still don't accept that they are not league champions. It's, It's many different factors, basically. But... I think I've come to the acceptance, as you've mentioned, this is how papers will survive now. So yeah, telling everyone not to converse, I know it's just peeing into the wind. So it's just, it's just, it's a waste of time. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to see something, you're going to reply. And us saying otherwise is not because it's like wind up merchants. It's how they operate. They operate on getting a response and someone mm. will always respond. So it's See, not it's not going to change to be honest. I just oh, I just repeat the same mantra. Just you know, taking taking a sponge the media you enjoy, and just ignore the rest because, as you said, they're only out they're out for you to become outraged. That's what they're there mm. for. One last thing: City fans aren't going into bat for Abu Dhabi. Right, there, there, there needs to be a, a. I'm, I'm, I'm replying to a tweet here, uh, which I shouldn't really be doing on the air, but I don't really care. Like the, the conversation isn't about, like you have to be able to separate out the politics of the Middle East and the ownership of City and City supporters going into bat for Abu Dhabi as good owners of their football club. Of course, they can't speak to what Abu Dhabi are doing in Yemen because we don't know. You know, we, we the. I mean, it's such. A, I'll say it again: it's such a complicated situation that to think that when city supporters go into bat for Abu Dhabi, they're talking about the politics and the way of life and everything that's done out there and every war that Abu Dhabi are in and their human rights record over the last hundred years. That's not the case. All we're saying is that for Man City, they've been really good owners. And I would, I would argue that that's actually the largest problem. As I said yesterday on Twitter, Arsene Wenger once said, the problem with Abu Dhabi is not the fact that they've got money, it's the fact that they've got money plus ideas. That makes them very dangerous. So basically, it's because we're well run. If we had loads of money, but we weren't well run, and we were yo-yoing between second and sixth, a lot of this noise just wouldn't exist. Um, Okay, do you want to talk about some football now, lads? No, I was enjoying that. 
<laughs> Lloyd, do you, do you want to? Is there anything else that you want to say about the media or about this week? Because I know I've talked a lot. Howard's talked a lot. You only had one little bite at that cherry. <laughs> no, I've quite enjoyed listening to you two. Um, no, the only the only other thing, I, I, like I said initially, the main thing for me is is I just can't believe that we've been told how we should behave. That that for me is just that's the thing that irked me the most. And, and yeah, I'm not going to get over that. Um, the other, I think the other thing is to build on something that Howard said about Liverpool fans coming to having to come to terms with this week that they didn't win the title and they got 97 points and they didn't do it. And they basically, I think, ended up as the third highest points scorers ever yeah. and still didn't do it. Um, and for me, that the Ale 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 song and the story that sp- spun out of that, for me, that really, really stunk of opportunistic journalism. And, I, and I'm happy to say it's, it, 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 to me, seemed driven by the Liverpool Echo and I think it was James Pearce. And the way that that was pulled and kind of um, subterfuge and it was just spun in, in just such a disgusting way and peddled, obviously, to, you know, a Liverpool fan base that are going to absolutely lap something like that up. Um, and, you know, what happened to Sean Cox? Obviously, I think every single Man City fan and all the players would would say that it's, it's horrible. Um, but I'm sure a lot of the players don't even know that it happened. I'm sure there are quite a few City fans that don't know it, don't know it happened. Um, and a lot of those, uh, you know, the references, whilst the song, so, some of the lyrics might not be great, and I think, we, you know, we'd probably all admit that, they're not direct references. And the way that it was made to be direct was just so disingenuous. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it became it became a huge story. And like Howard said, there are lots of, there are lots of bigger stories out there, um, like the Bolton story, like the fact that I think on a political level, um, Theresa May and the UK government did another uh, arms deal with Saudi Arabia, re Yemen, a couple of months ago. Yeah, but, no one's you know, yeah, but nobody's going to talk about no exactly no, no one cares, eh, We don't care. So, <laughs> but then keep it to football. Yeah, yeah. So here's my thing. No one cares. It's just, just the football fan. David Aldershot does not care about migrant workers' human rights no. in Qatar or anywhere else. There are a few, obviously there are people out there that are truly passionate about human rights and we'll talk about it, they have every right to. But that's it. They're just becoming concerned because it's about, because it's a lot, yeah, something to attack City with. The most, the scummiest thing, the lowest of the low that was done this week was to bring Sean Cox into this, his brother, into the media, onto TalkSport, Liverpool Echo retweeting it was disgusting disgusting everyone knows that song whether you think it's disgusting or not or fine or somewhere in between is about Kiev it is not about Sean Cox to use him as a a stick to beat City with was the lowest of the low and not one single person has had a go they are utterly you know literally no one has said anything about how they've used someone who's gone Sean Cox has gone through hell. His family have gone through hell. To use them to attack City was utterly disgusting, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, perpetu- okay. it's perpetuated. You know, their I imagine their um, emotional turmoil with the whole situation. It's just, it's just cruel, and yeah. it shouldn't have been done, and it's wrong. It was cruel. I think it's that- cruel. Utterly, and they're using it. Yeah, to use this to. Yeah, people just out for revenge. It is a revenge. Just yeah, just move on. But that's it. Got great great numbers, and that's the problem. Bingo. Can I, I just mean, it, it, 
Go on. No, just one thing about... No, go on. Were you going to say something? Because it's a different topic I wanted to mention, finally. Yeah, no, I just I was just going to say that I think that Sean Cox, FFP, the war in Yemen, Miguel Delaney and his diminished treble, um, I, I think we have to accept, I think to, to kind of, to not wrap this up, to at the root, I think we have to accept that it's not going to happen. The, 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 if we seek validation externally, it's just not going to happen. Not, not in this climate, not in this league, not with this manager, not with the way that Abu Dhabi have set the club up to be successful. We're going to be shot at, and I suspect it's only going to get worse. And I think that what you said, Howard, earlier about not really engaging about, you know, not using the, not allowing the, basically, in my opinion, they want a rise, right? Yeah, so they want, a rise from, they want a rise from us, specifically so that they can then write pieces about how terrible we are. And they, at the same time, they want the clicks from the opposition supporters who go in their droves to read about the diminished treble because it makes them feel better about their own failure. So, you know, not that, like I said it on Twitter yesterday, maybe in a not very polite way, but I'm pressing the opt-out button when it comes to the mainstream media. I don't need to give a platform to or engage with somebody who isn't prepared to be honest and fair in the conversation, in the discussion, in the reporting. If you and your publication will just be skewed will talk down to us and we'll basically play this clickbait game. We don't really need you, you know. We're not here to... Um, I'm not here to make podcasts for United supporters or Liverpool supporters or journalists in the mainstream media. I'm here to make podcasts for City fans. I'm here to, to, to make podcasts that I want to listen to. Um, and that, more and more, I feel, will not involve them. Yeah. No, I was just saying these these uh, these newspapers are siphoning money, you know, left, right, sent, yeah, all over the place. So if you if you see an, a journalist you don't like, then the way you can harm the most is not reading their stuff or absolutely. ever talking to them because their business it. model is absolutely dependent now on totally. This. If you if you don't re- if 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 collectively City Twitter goes not engaging, not retweeting, and not clicking on any of those links. Eventually, they'll feel it. You can only vote with your feet. We might not be as, might not have as many plastics as the rags or as the scousers, but eventually, they'll feel it. I think over the years, we don't much. Uh, someone gave the, the example of just like the mailbox page on Football 365. City fans don't write into it much. They're not there arguing every day. They're not we're not doing as much interaction with journalists, I think, on Twitter. It might look like it in your bubble and your timeline, but we're not. And I think that makes us more fair game for criticism because as a you know, as a business, you wouldn't dare go after Liverpool fans. That would be financial suicide. But if City fans aren't weren't uh, really commit you know, interacting much anyway, then maybe the coverage will get worse. But either way, just say, Don't worry about it. Yeah, we're all comfortable with our own morals. We know what we do. We sleep at night, fine. I don't need yeah. 
I don't need Paul Hayward to tell me. <laughs> That's just that should live my life differently. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you know that it's funny because you know Twitter's open in front of me, and he's still at it, man. They're still arguing, and Miggles is still arguing, and it's just like let it go, lads. I mean, okay, I get it. You don't like you think that City supporters lack morals fine cool we get it you made your point you've got a massive platform that you've just shouted it from just walk away from it like you know it's it one side is gonna have to one side is gonna have to throw their hands up otherwise it's only gonna get worse and it's gonna become unbearable to the point we'll all be leaving social media in our droves or certainly city revolving social media just to play devil's advocate we don't have to defend a club. If that if that song was truly out of order, you're not. I'm not. I have nothing to be ashamed of or embarrassed about. Yeah, you don't either. If the players do something wrong, if the owners do something wrong, that's not our responsibility. As we've always yeah. hinted out, you know, about the human rights side. Don't feel you have to defend the players. They will do stupid things. You're allowed to criticise them. Don't get worked up if a journalist says so. Uh, you know, because they will, the human beings. Uh, some are more sensible than others. Some will say stupid things, do stupid things. That's the way it is. And if we're guilty of financial fair play, if broken rules, then we deserve punishment. Don't deny that these things are happening. Just, you know, there will be mistakes. Uh, mm. But it's not for you to be PR for the club all the time. No, definitely. I, I completely agree with that. But I don't think City fans are. I mean, I think City fans are some of the most kind of, you know, we're pretty hard on our club. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're, we're not we're not happy clappers. We're really not. We're not scousers. Like, we're not in that in Well, that just think about, of, think about some of the pods we've done this season. Totally, man. Totally. Like, we're just, we don't, and this is the thing that I find, I'm really disappointed in the um, way that we're portrayed as supporters because I'm like, Somebody like Jack Pitt Brooks should know the supporter base well enough to know that we're the most cynical and the most kind of, you know, obdurate supporter base about. Do you know what I mean? We're not happy clappers. We're a long, long way from being happy clappers. We don't blindly defend everything about the club. We're not that stupid. And to kind of begin to start characterizing us all like that, yeah. And it's all right. I mean, you know, you get out clauses, you put some city fans in 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 quotation marks. But ultimately, you write for a national broadsheet. So if your national broadsheet mate is writing an article slanted and toned the way Miguel has done today, you know that's a slight on all of us. It's not a slight on on a minority. And that's I don't know. I just think it's and, as I yeah, say for me, I think I feel like it's gone too far. Yeah, um, just, just literally just the final point on this. I think as a supporter base as well, we're happy to be very critical of the club. Like personally, I'm gearing myself up for for when the season ticket prices come out <laughs> to see whether they to see whether they put another like 0.5 percent raise on or whatever two percent raise because that'll be ridiculous and I'm going to be you know I'm expecting it and that's just gonna that's gonna proper piss me off and I think. The annoying thing about it is that actually in this tribalism that all exists, if we all as football fans pulled together on common issues that affect us and that we need to try and get rid of, i.e. ticket prices or things like that, then we'd be able to do something about it. But yeah, I think as a supporter base, we're more than happy to criticise. And I think me and Howard in the past have both said quite very disparaging things, um, 
specifically around that. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot in the basic stuff they say that I agree with. You know, that's sort of that Miguel Delaney might say. Diminished, he uses that word to to get a reaction. It's obviously easier for City to win the treble than Watford, but it still hasn't been done before. So it's worthy of actually mentioning the fact that it's never been done before, whatever our power. And the means more. It, it means more for us when we won our first title than to when we won our fifth. So it's understandable that it could mean more to Liverpool because they haven't won it for 30 years. So it's fine when you use context, but a lot of these people want to go beyond that and just get a reaction. Does that make sense? Can I say... Uh, it makes perfect sense. Media conversation done. Yeah. We've got to talk about the FA Cup final. But very quickly, I think news is breaking that Allegri has left Juventus. Um, yes, to be that. clear, for anybody flapping, Pep Guardiola is not leaving Manchester City for <laughs> Juventus. Point number one. Point number two, because I've seen it raised and asked a lot this week, even by Lloyd. If we get a Champions League ban that ensures that Guardiola stays at City longer. Pep is the opposite of the kind of man that walks away because something has gone wrong at the club like that. He's too loyal, maybe loyal to a fault. He would never, ever do Bergerstein and Soriano like that under any circumstances. So if we were ever to get any kind of Champions League ban... I think that Guardiola would immediately extend his contract by two years. Um, I'm kind of guessing, but I'm, I'd put money on it. So I wouldn't stress about either of those things if I were a listener. And you, Lloyd, you don't need to stress about that. Cheers, mate. No worries. Uh, right. So having gotten over the Brighton hurdle last weekend and having won the Premier League, we find ourselves, uh, yeah, FA Cup final this weekend. Is there something, Lloyd, for you? Do you feel the season? I mean, I've got to ask the question like this, but I don't know, I know any other way to ask it. Like, do you feel the season has been diminished somehow? Do you feel the FA Cup? Is it important to you? You're going, Howard's going. Do you care? Yeah, loads. I'm buzzing. I actually... This week it's weird because I've you've sat, you've sat there and I'm not going to go into it again, but you've sat there and kind of endured what this week has been. But in a way, weirdly, it's made me even more up for it totally. on Saturday. And I actually don't I don't want the football to end this season. I really want everything surrounding the football to end. And so if the football ends, that will all end, and we'll be able to you know watch the Nations League and hopefully. You know, watch Raz put it top bins for for England or whatever. But the actual football has been incredible, and the the the, the pressure valve release that I felt on uh, on Sunday when we when Mares scored that goal, it was like nine months of pressure. But it yeah. it, it all been worth it at that point. And you know, mm-hmm. now we're facing an incredible moment to basically win a domestic treble, which has never been done before in England. And I think. You know, these players actually, the FA Cup is the one that we've not had as much success in recently. I mean, we've absolutely dominated the Carabao Cup, but, you know, we had that terrible um, final against Wigan, which I went to, which was probably one of the most, I know it's not uh, 2-0 in the third division or whatever, but actually because of everything surrounding it, it was one of the most chastening experiences as a City fan. And there were Blues arguing with each other all around me in the stadium. There were genuine fights, people getting thrown out. 
uh, it was it was bizarre. So I'm absolutely buzzing for it, and I think Company says he's well up for it as well because um, yeah, we've not won it. I think since. We've not won it since the original time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm well up for it. Can't wait to have a few beers. Um, yeah, bring it on. Howard, just to um, just to go back to a point I made a little bit earlier about how how sad I feel that that actually what the players and the coaching staff have done this season and are doing is being undermined by everything. Just to kind of counterbalance that, how proud are you? How proud will you be if we win the FA Cup of the achievement that this collection of of players and and this coach have uh, have done? Like you know, it, are we are we living history? Yeah, oh, immensely proud. I just that's why I said you know previously maybe on the review to win those last fourteen games is one of the greatest achievements for this club, mm. and nothing nothing will change that FA Cup defeat. Won't change that. Obviously, I'll be gutted if we if we don't get that trouble. But for for months and months, it felt like the league was everything, and for me, it was. It just it's right up there, and you know, it will always be in my top five of achievements for this football club in my lifetime. Even if I do live to a hundred, which is very unlikely, I just it was yeah. And you know, I hope loads of people show it, yeah, show that affection on Monday. Uh, come what whatever happens this weekend, it, yeah, definitely. I think to come down that to to get through that, it was just more the season before. They were obviously just better than everyone else, and it was almost easy to win the league. But they've shown another side as well. You know, such resilience to come through and win that league. Uh, yeah, really proud of the team, and I don't think they're. I don't think the players or Pepper. Yeah, sat on Twitter all day, so I think they'll be hmm. I think they'll be fine with their week, basically. <laughs> Absolutely, I am. I imagine that if if any of this stuff has seeped its way into the dressing room, it will just have them more yeah hungry for for success. Pin it on the wall, yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Can't imagine the songs that'll be sung in the coach on the way home if they do win that FA Cup. But I'll be certain about one thing: nobody will have their phones out. Um, <laughs> Lloyd, just lo- <laughs> just just looking at it from uh, um, getting back into the football. Let's. I'm, I'm beginning to now get my head away from all the media and get really get into the game itself. Um, are you are you se- are you a sentimental fella? Are you a bloke who kind of looks at the squad and goes? You know what, Pep, if you know that this player is leaving or this player is leaving, they should play or it could be their last game. Or are you very much of the opinion that we go cold and we go clinical and we pick the just, you know, if 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 Mares and Leroy have to sit on the bench and if it's KDB, Silva, Fernandinho, Bernardo, Razaguero, that you just you roll with the strongest and that's how you do this. Generally, I, I am more of a cold clinical fan and think I want to win ultimately, um, and I want to win this weekend. So I want to see the best team. The only uh, the only couch to that is I think there are slight exceptions that if, say, a David Silva is leaving or a Vincent Company is leaving, then they need to have some sort of involvement because they go almost above and beyond what normal mm. rules are. Uh, but aside from that, you know, if we're talking about an Otamendi or a Danilo or, you know, some of those guys, then... I'd like to see them brought on at the end 
um, if they are going to leave. But fundamentally, that starting eleven, I want to be the best starting eleven. So I want to see KDB playing. Um, if Fernandinho is fully fit, I don't think he is. But you know, if he was, I would want to see him playing. Um, I'd want Zinchenko to play because Mendy's not fit. I want I'd want Walker to play. So yeah, company or Stones. I think it has to be company, yeah. um, particularly yeah. given, particularly given the threat that Watford bring, which is that I'd say Deeney is probably the most physical centre forward in the Prem in terms of he's not the biggest in terms of height, but I think the way that he plays and the way that he yeah. battles, he is the most physical mm. guy in the Prem, and I think that's why he's had so much success against Arsenal over the years, and he's you know said that famous Cajones comment so. That as a battle is nothing that company will relish more. I think he'll be so up for that. And you can already tell um, from, you know, the way that that man, that incredible man speaks. I mean, literally on the pitch after Brighton, he's in his interviews talking about the FA Cup. I mean, th- that guy's mentality to come back from elite countless injuries. I mean, honestly, it would have broken 99 out of 100 other people, but he has got an unbelievable mentality and hats off to him. Mm. Um, Howard, obviously there is uh, almost no focus on the FA Cup in the media. Um, Just from our point of view, because no focus means no focus on Watford either, which I think is really disrespectful. Um, Mm. Is there a danger that we're a little bit complacent, that we're a little bit, it's written that we do the domestic treble? Um, Should we be really wary of Watford, what do you make of the job that Javi Grazia has done there? I know from the people I've spoken to who are Watford fans, from bits of them that I've seen, they're quite a strange side in that they've done really well, but at the same time, they've been turned over a lot in games. Um, yeah. So it's kind of hard to make a call about where they how do we, what type of opposition do we face? Yeah. So what's your vibe of what type of opposition opposition you think that Watford are going to present this weekend? Yeah, I don't know either. I th- uh, my mate, my old boss is a Watford fan. I, th- I think that, yes, they are. As some two months ago, very happy with him. I think definitely happy with him. Uh, they've only won one of the last six, but is that them just tailing off? They didn't have that much to play for. They weren't going to be relegated. They weren't going to be finished top six. And do we really take anything from them losing 4-1 at home last week? They're probably saving themselves for this match. Uh, obviously, we've got a brilliant record against them. I can't see that. So, you know, everything points to us winning it. But it's an FA Cup final. It just doesn't go like that. We've lost to Wigan. And, you know, look at the semi-final against Brighton. It was dour, miserable stuff, really, a lot of the time. Uh, I don't, yeah, I'm not going to start making conclusions. I would, you know, I just it's more hope than expectation that we play our game. Uh, to be honest, it's all about focus because Vinny, you know, as Lloyd said, will be bang on focus. But it's weird that they've they won those fourteen games to win the title and they can't really celebrate it. Mm. Now they will have had they will have had some drinks. They've had a night. They may have had a day off, uh, but then they have to forget it. So it, it is about focus for me more than anything. We'll have mm. the much better side. They know what's at stake. They won't be turned up expected to win. That would be ridiculous. Professional football will not do that. It's and it's a cup final. They know what they're on the history that they're on the cusp of. Uh, I think, yeah. Come on, 
once it's come around this match, surely they'll be fully focused on the job at hand. Mm, Lloyd, do you think that we should take anything from the kind of, not the nerviness of the last month, but the tightness of the last month? I mean, I think the the record is now in seven of the last 10 or 11 games, it's been nil-nil at half time, which speaks to a tightness, even if in the end we've won by a couple of goals. It means that we're not getting, for a team that in a moment felt like they were scoring early goals for fun, suddenly the early goals aren't coming. Um, do you expect the cup final to be more of that? or do, like? Because I think about the Brighton semi, for example, and again, like it's, nervy it's tight whatever it is it's not a great game um what type of spectacle are you expecting do you think that Watford will be tight it'll be difficult or do you expect the game to be a bit more open you lads might not agree but I actually think I think the pressure's going to be off us tomorrow a little bit because I think obviously I think the players are going to be they're going to be under pressure internally to do the domestic treble and win the FA Cup. But I think, a little bit like the fans, the amount of pressure they were under to secure that title with Liverpool chasing on them mm. was huge. And I think a lot of that will have been lifted. And now I would much rather win the treble than the double. But for me, they've done the main thing. And I think the players actually, in a way, will be so relieved and pleased and just buzzing that their efforts were enough and they managed to get the Premier League title that this is it's no it's, this is by no means a free hit but I, I think the pressure will be slightly off for them and I, I think we'll see a return to slightly more attacking and um, what's the word risk-taking football I think this weekend hmm interesting okay disagree um, okay so no uh, yeah, no, I don't disagree. I mean, from from my point of view, what I expect is a City team that are in really high spirits, that feel a certain, I don't want to say freedom, but will play, will express themselves a bit more and will be braver. Because I think that even though it's a cup final and it's shit or bust, um, I don't think that they're carrying the tension of... Because I think what happened in that run is that each game that passes, you're carrying the tension from the previous game into the next game because the stakes remain exactly the same. So even though you, you, you basically climb that mountain, the next weekend, you've got to climb that same mountain again, knowing that one slip, it's no longer yours. And I think that that fed into... Some of the, because I don't think the performances were um, negative, but I think that some of the players in the first halves of some of those games were pretty safe in the way that they played. Um, yeah, and I don't know whether that was tension or what it was. And I, I think that there'll be less safety. There'll be a bit more freedom of expression from the players uh, at Wembley, uh, which I think will make for a more of an interesting game because I do think that you know they've got some good players. Uh, Watford do uh, and I think a guy like Deeney is always a handful do you know what I mean and it, it yeah. we that you want it to yeah. be uh, yeah you, you want it to be um, uh, you want it to be a competition you want it to be competitive you, you, you it's a cup final do you know what I mean you don't in a way you don't want a team that come there and play dead and, and stick 11-12 behind the ball um, 
And, and I, they're a good. I, they're, they're a good team. Like they. That's what what, I mean. If Watford, if Watford play well and we have an off day, they could they could beat us easily. They've got some yeah, really totally. good players, and they've got a good and they've got a good defense when they're on it. So, yeah, that that's that's a that's a that's a possibility. But well, I just think, like you say, you just basically, Asan, you just said what I wanted to say in a much better way. Um, in terms of in terms of carrying the tension from game to game, yeah. I just think the players are just going to be. Not going to be on the beach by no means, but they're just. I think that's going to be a bit more chilled, and they're going to be willing to take a few more risks because, like you say, in the first half there have been a lot of sideways safe passes, and there haven't been, you know, that many dribbles or shots from range or that kind of thing. So totally, I think, I think, I think not to be tight. What we felt as a fan, sorry, Asan. You know, the, go for it. Every why why I explained that I felt a bit less tense for the actual the Brighton one than I did for say the Tottenham match or the United match because. Every game that we won, I knew there was another one that we then had to win. So exactly. I just was just getting more and more wound up. At least when Brighton came along, I knew it's over after this. It's done. <laughs> and the release, and like Lloyd said, you know, travelling down tomorrow with just, you know, once a match comes around, I might be stressed out my mind again, but without, with some weights off my shoulder, in a way. And, you know, hopefully that is mirrored, as Lloyd said, with the players. Those that they just feel a bit more freedom. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think for me ultimately, I think that City, and I think that this is this is Watford's biggest chance. Uh, this will be Watford's biggest chance, but also their kind of biggest thing they have to deal with. I think that tomorrow City will be very comfortable throwing really big punches really early on, if I'm going to use a boxing analogy. I think that in all the games in the last six weeks, they've been super cagey, even against teams that City could have thrown big punches against. They've not really done it. They've tried to, they've managed, they managed that sequence of games almost as a collective sequence. Um, and the FA Cup final won't be like that. They'll be able to throw big punches. And I mean, you'd expect, yeah, I mean, it's it's an opportunity to put on a bit of a show for everybody to show that, you know, their levels are super, super high. It's a basically set a marker for next season. I mean, there's no... There's no bigger damp squid than squib than squib or squid. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> squib. There's a B at the end. <laughs> okay. Damp not, squid. Not chili, not chili squid. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Damp squib. Um, you know, it'll be a terrible damp squib of an end of a season if we if we lose because of the week that it's been. But the flip side of that is if we go to Wembley tomorrow and we show our levels and we, you know, put Watford to the sword and take the domestic treble and announce Rodri on Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, you know, I'm ready for next season. I, like like Sam said, you know, charity shield against Liverpool, bring it on. Is what, is it four weeks, six weeks, whatever it is? I'm, I'm ready for it. Like this team, it's like you said as well, Lloyd, like I had fatigue when the season ended. Last Sunday at the final whistle, I was like, I don't ever want to see football again. I realised that actually what I don't ever want to see again is the social media nonsense that I've allowed myself to get involved in that has affected my love for this team and has affected my enjoyment of not just the greatest City team of all time, the greatest Premier League team since the Premier League started. One of the best domestic sides in the history of football doesn't matter how lavish the spending was it's what Guardiola's done with the players to to have that be diminished by things is very sad and I don't want that anymore and I think that 
last if yesterday was a kind of nadir for me in terms of feeling really like rock bottom like i don't want to do this anymore today was the the opposite in the sense of being like no actually i just want to what i want to do is just look at that thing that we've got that we're we should be so proud of i mean you know Scouse has been having gigs all year for for how good their team is, and they've only been doing it for six months. So this is like our second full season that we've watched Pep Guardiola football week in and week out, and watched our side accumulate ninety eight points. So yeah, I'm I'm ready for the FA Cup final tomorrow. I'm ready for City to win, and I'm ready for that to be the 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 bounce that we need to go into the summer to enjoy the transfer market, and then. Enjoy next season just as well. Hopefully, even more than we've that we've enjoyed this one. Yeah, a, a bittersweet treble for me. It will be. Oh, <laughs> can I can I ask you both a question? Go for it. Um, do you think KDB starts? Mm, yeah, he won't last ninety or beyond, yeah. but I think he'd start him if he's been training all week. I got a sneaky. I've got a sneaky that he doesn't start. I've got a sneaky that they. I just. I feel like if he's got an hour in his leg, look. If he's got ninety minutes in his legs, fine, then start him. But if he's only got an hour in his legs and they're gonna have to bring him off anyway after an hour, then I'd almost rather rather hold him back for the last thirty and tell him to go out there regardless of the score and have a massive, massive last thirty when Watford are tired, rather than having him play the first hour when Watford are going to be more energetic, be more organised. The game is probably tighter in the earlier stages. Um, so, yeah, so that that's kind of how I would how I would deal with the, with the KDB conundrum. But I could totally see the argument the other way. What about you, Lloyd? What would you do? Well, if it, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's the possibility for extra time, isn't there? Yeah. So on that basis, I, I, I'd go with not starting him because yeah, you, you get an extra sub for extra time no I know but I'm, I'm more thinking about the amount of time that we'd be able to utilise him for I'd, I'd rather leave him um, yeah. and when the game opens up and if it does go to extra time you know that's yeah. in those kind of situations De Bruyne comes to his own because he moves the ball quicker than anybody else on the totally. pitch no, totally yeah sorry I was just thinking the other side you know there used to be three subs and that was it and if you're going to mm. if you're going to use a player that you know can't last you know, even ninety minutes, then it's a risk if you've got extra time thereafter that you're you're waste, wasting one of your subs, so to speak. So yeah, I see what you're saying. One thing though, I'd love to see Foden on the pitch. Obviously, he won't start, but I really would love to see Phil get on the pitch at the FA Cup final. Yeah, because to be on the pitch and to pick up another medal if we win, I'm not being presumptuous. First, we got beat Watford, but if we do win, I mean that lad, his career, what a career he's had already, and it's just it's not even begun. That's the mental thing. Mm. Phil's have Phil's lived a full career before his career has even begun, thanks to Guardiola and thanks to this team. Um, lads, you know what? I'm just going to wrap this up here and now, unless either of you want to say something, because I feel like I'm suddenly in a really good mood and really looking forward to tomorrow. And <laughs> don't you know, go on Twitter then. Um, don't worry. I'm going to go and have my lunch and go for a long walk. Yeah, so am I. And try and stay off social media. Um, hey. Howard, I did it. I told you yesterday there was no way I was doing a Friday show. I've made an executive decision. I've managed to do it and we're not going to get sued because I've not said anything too bad. So yeah. thank you very much, mate. Well, we knew you'd crack in the end. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, me and Howard were scheming, honestly. 
<laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Then ask him tonight. He'll do one tomorrow. He'll be, after a few few wines, you'll be fine. You, you both know me but, so, so well. It's so true. Yeah, it's been a pleasure as always, I think. Thank you. Um, Lloyd, man, cheers. Thank you very much. No, I felt, that felt cathartic, genuinely. Mm, definitely. Um, to everybody who listened, listen, thank you very, very much for supporting us. This is the last Friday show of this season. Um, yeah, I should have prepared something, but I haven't. Just thank you. Thank you to everybody who's listened all season. Thank you for all the tweets, all the interaction. Yeah, we wouldn't be here without you, and we only do it for you. So the fact that you like it is 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 perfect for us. Um, if you're going to Wembley, have a very safe trip down. Have a fantastic day. Bring the FA Cup back to Manchester. Up the Blues.